When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the Bears put on the pads today, offense versus defense. And you know what? The defense, according to reports, I wasn't there. But according to people in the know, the defense is out there dominating the offense, crushing the offense. And, you know, you can look at it and be like, okay, cool. The the defense is good. But at some point, like, we need the offense to start scoring some points. Should we be overly concerned about this? Well, why don't we talk about it right after Sammy starts the show? Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. The Sticket Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night, and you know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. I am sitting here in a hotel in a Deerfield office park, minutes from Hallis Hall, which I drove by today to make sure that I had the route down. I will be at Bears camp tomorrow. Can't wait to see the squad, and I can't wait to bring on our co-host, the managing editor of the Draft Network. She was at Bears camp today. We need to get the scoop, so why don't we bring on our our friend, Carmen Vitale. How are you, first of all? I'm great. How are you, Adam? You're traveling all over the place, but you're finally back in your city of birth. Yes. How's it feel? Very close, very close. I was born in the uh, Lutheran Hospital over there in Park Ridge, so it's exciting. I think I'm very close to where, to where I uh, where Decently I was close. born. Very close. So uh, it's cool, and it's cool to be here. Very excited to get after it and everything. I I feel remiss that I didn't get enough. The Bears practice early, and we had uh, Courtney on last week, and it was funny. She was talking about how how great it was that they were practicing in the morning. I had to schedule this far in advance. I can't, I can't, I couldn't get from California early enough to be here. And uh, so I missed practice today, but you were there. What was, what was, what was practice like today? Well, today was the first day in pads. So um, we had heard rumors that Monday was going to be the first day in pads, but that didn't happen. We kind of all got there all excitedly. Like, you know, it was another first day of school and it was like, Oh yeah. And so then today we like, you know, Iberflus, um, confirm that today and tomorrow will be in fact in pads. And so uh, it was good to see kind of an uptick, especially among the trenches as far as intensity goes. But we talked to Jalen Johnson after practice today and he was asked, you know, if if things felt a little juicier, you know, there was more juice or whatever, there was more intensity. And he goes, I know it's been pretty intense without pads. And for the DBs and the defense, that's entirely been the case, at least from what I've seen. I've now seen one day in pads, one day without pads. And both times, I mean, I was just struck by the physicality of especially the back end of the defense. Obviously, the guys up front can't really initiate a ton of contact there when they're not in pads. But then today they got the chance. And 
Uh, I think while everybody was watching uh, skill players seven on seven, uh, on the other side of the field, the uh, offense and defensive line were going at each other in one on ones. And so guess where I was? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we know. We know where you were. Uh, I want to before we uh, excuse me, before we get to that, I do want to I do want to focus back on the defensive secondary because I was listening to AM 1530. Which, by the way, I don't know if you're aware, but AM 1530 is the Chicago home of the Sick Podcast. Every Friday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central Time, you can hear the Sick Podcast. After that, Olin Krutz, Jason McKee come on, the no-name guy, the, the no-name pod, excuse me. A great two hours of Bears talk. And I heard, a, I, I was listening to 1530 today, heard a little sound clip of Jalen Johnson. He, he's, I, I love him. I love, I love his energy. He wasn't yeah. holding back. He was actually kind of roasting the offense. I'm sure, sure it was, was part of the press conference. He was not He was not being kind to the offense, talking about, oh, they get a little happy when they score a touchdown or this or that. It's fine. I, I, I like that, they're, I like that the, def, the defensive secondary is coming along. We've heard great things about the rookies, Kyler Gordon, uh, Jaquan Brisker, and, of course, uh, Elijah Hicks has also been somebody who's been very impressive. And Thomas Graham hasn't even, uh, he hasn't even been on the field yet. Yeah, what did you think? On an extended period of time, that was according to Ibrahim the other day. Uh, he brought up that Thomas Graham was going to be out longer than they thought. He's got a hamstring issue, so those soft tissue injuries. Ugh. But anyway, what do I think about? What did you? But listen, but it's I don't know. I I don't want to get too worked up by yeah. the offense getting shut down a little bit. But I think it's no. I don't know. I'm sort of encouraged that already the defensive secondary is playing so well. Yeah, and I mean that's. Ebers loses bread and butter. Like they're taking on the identity of their head coach and their mm -hmm. head coach is a defensive minded guy. He comes from a second, like a defensive backs background. Um, and again, like, you know, while you're ramping up and you're going against your own teammates, there's not a whole lot. I mean, you can take some from those trench battles, especially with in pads, but you're not trying to hit each other that much. So you really look towards the secondary because they can, you know, they can, especially in pads, they can get their hands on guys. They can pretty much go full tilt if they need to. Um, and they have, and what's really interesting to me too, is, you know, I think Kyler Gordon was drafted to be kind of one of those outside corners in that right. outside corner rotation. He's slotted in at nickel, um, already. And I think that that's a testament to how well he's picking it up. And we heard Jalen Johnson actually talking about Kyler Gordon and saying, you know, he's picked it up so quickly and he was just so impressed at how cerebral he already was. Um, and, and that's a, that's a tough spot to play. It's a very physical spot to play. Uh, especially if you come from the outside. So the fact that you can already get a rookie in there and he's holding his own is super, super encouraging to me. I think that's probably the most encouraging thing to me. Um, and then besides that, Jaquan Brisker has just been around the ball constantly. He's making plays yeah. constantly. Um, yeah, I'm really, really, really excited about these two. I was excited about these two. I, right. was, I was a huge fan of these draft picks. Um, and going in that direction versus maybe an offensive tackle or, you know, receiver, but I'm, I'm pleased. No, absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of times too, you know, people will hear the phrase nickel cornerback or anything like that. And they think it's kind of a throwaway position, but if you look at Ebert Flus's history with the Indianapolis Colts, mm -hmm. when they brought in Kenny Moore from new England and kind of salvaged his career, he put him as a slot corner. And I was talking about this with Darius Butler when I was doing good morning football a couple of weeks ago is that more and more we're going to see the elite-level talent be the guys who end up being the nickel corner because so many teams now, and this is a Sean McVay thing, and I think Kyle Shanahan also probably did this as well, that you now put your best receiver in the slot. 
because you want to draw those matchups. And I think the Rams have done that with Cooper Cup. So the fact that Kyler Gordon has come out and played so well. And it was funny because um, because Jalen Johnson was talking about that. He has familiarity with Kyler Gordon, of course, both those guys coming from the Pac-12. Jaquan Brisker coming from the Big Ten. Well, that's where USC and UCLA will be at some point. But, you know, but, you know he was talking about like how it was funny listening to that press conference. He was like, yeah, I was kind of I had some questions about Jaquan Brisker. I didn't know about him, but was completely sold. So I'm excited about that. And again, I think back, you know, I was at Cincinnati. I was at, I was in Cincinnati over the weekend. And we were talking about this whenever, if anybody's going to be morose about the offense being, you know, a, a few plays behind or whatever, I was talking to the, some people in Cincinnati this weekend and we're like, oh yeah, remember like Joe Burrow, like should give up football like that at this point last year, everybody thought, Everyone remembers the Jamar Chase debacle. Like, Jamar Chase can't catch. He made the remark about the white stripe on the ball. People forget they also said that Joe Burrow was washed. So I'm not worried offensively. How are you feeling about the offense? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for them to get in a rhythm at this point, too, because they're trying to evaluate this offensive line. And in order to do that, they're constantly rotating guys in and out. And it's really hard you know, to get any sort establish any sort of rhythm up front, which permeates the rest of the offense. Um, There was a little bit of contradiction today between, so Braxton Jones came up to the podium afterwards uh, first, and he was asked about, you know, there's been a lot of false starts. There's been a lot of false start issues throughout camp. So I've only seen the last two days and it's, it's continued the last two days. And Braxton Jones was basically asked like, well, what's up with that? Um, is it, is, is it getting the cadence down? Was, was is he cadence... asked that? Was he asked that way? Like, what's up with that? What's up with that? I don't know. What's I mean, I wasn't the one that asked him, but if I was, that's exactly how I would have asked it. <laughs> um, but they were asked, you know, was asked, is it something to do with the cadence? Like whatever he, he said, the cadence was consistent from the coming from the quarterbacks. Well, then we also got to talk to Trevor Simeon, big Northwestern guy. Um, and he actually divulged that there, this offense has a ton of cadences. So um, they're still learning and they're still kind of getting mastering these cadences. And so to hear the contradiction, I mean, granted, I think we should probably give Braxton Jones some leeway here. He's a rookie. Cadences aren't necessarily as stressed in college, depending on what program you come from. That could be something that's completely new to him, Um, because quite honestly, that's not necessarily like I mean, cadences in general, but just the variation in them. um, Is it can be different for different schools at the collegiate level, especially so. I won't put a whole lot. I'll give, you know, Braxton Jones some grace here in saying that the things were, you know, the cadence was consistent. But what it sounds like is not only are they trying to master these different cadences, they're also trying to do it with a constantly shuffling rotation of offensive linemen. So that's where you get the jumps from that. This is the time to make those mistakes too. I mean, like we're not even a week into camp at this point. So I'm not, I'm not pressing, you know, I've seen some really great flashes out of Justin Fields, this offense looks to be drastically different than what we saw last year in a good way. And I like, I just think that it's just going to take a little bit more time and we shouldn't be pressing the panic button on anything overthrows, missing targets, all that other stuff that's supposed to happen right now. Yeah. I'll I'll get to the panic button here in a moment, but Braxton Jones, I think also he's a rookie who does not want to rock the boat, who probably like, I don't, I don't know what to say here. Yeah. Like, he's please, not going to, he's please, not going to snitch on anyone and be like, yeah, actually their cadences suck right now. Like he's not going to be like, our quarterbacks are blowing it. Like, no, he's never saying that. I'm glad even if he gets contradicted, let, let Trevor go up there and contradict him. Right. I'm fine with that. Braxton just trying to do it. 
I will say this though. I don't know where to go with this first. Since you're talking about him, uh, it's my understanding that Braxton was playing left tackle exclusively today, and it was Riley Reeve switching at right tackle with Larry yeah. Borum. Is that can can you confirm that? Yeah, no, almost exclusively Uh-oh. left tackle for Braxton Jones. And uh, no, and honestly, this is something that I w- it was a welcomed sight for me because we talked about Riley Reef. Like, I don't, like switching up with, with Larry Borum, they, they say that Riley Reef is still in kind of the ramp up period. Yeah. Um, although Michael Schofield seems to be kind of slotted in at guard and he's been taking most of the reps there too. Uh, Sam Mustford at center. So I, I saw uh, in, in those one on ones that I was watching. I saw Larry Borum and he uh, got just like he was going against uh, Travis Gibson mm-hmm. and it's happened very quickly. Like this is definitely a testament to Travis Gibson, Travis Gibson's get off. Um, but he like it was like it, it, in less than a blink of an eye, he was already past Larry Borum mm-hmm. in these it, like he pulled one little swim move and then that was it. Like he was gone. And Larry Borum just kind of lost his leverage completely. And it just wasn't a good rep at all for the offensive line. Um, Larry, they made Larry kind of go up against, I forget who else, because at that point I was just kind of like, oh God. Um, but they had him redo the rep against someone different. And he held, he did hold up better. I just don't remember which defensive end it was. Um, so I, I like, I like Riley Reef slotted yeah. in at right, right tackle still. Um, I don't know. We'll you see. were, you were upset about this last week. You're I know, so, but but to your no no, but to your credit, you were saying that if somebody if Braxton if he comes out and is the guy at left tackle, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if we have our left tackle of the future, and the Bears are like, oh yeah, this is going to be our guy. Yeah, that's. Fine. I thought it was going to be Tevin Jenkins a week ago, but now after going to Bears camp and all of the rumors circulating around Tevin Jenkins, uh, he might not be a Bear for much longer. So. I was. And I was very strong the other day being like, you guys are being ridiculous. I even, I even went after somebody who was on the tape, never lies network. I'm like, how do you give up on a guy? Like you would have to be, it would have to be so bad for a second round pick who was a first round grade to be moved in his second year. I'm like, it would have to just unravel so quickly uh, much to my chagrin. It looks like it's been that way. What is the, what, what is everybody, what is the media talking about? Like when they're sitting there, like, what is the – don't call anybody out. Don't say it's like, you know, don't say it's Nick Moriano or somebody. But, like, what are what, what's the general consensus of, uh, amongst the media folks to what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think that it is the general consensus that, like, something is fishy, right? So when he was – Iberflus was asked about Tevin Jenkins' status yesterday yeah. at, in the press conferences, and he said nothing's changed from last week. And when last week he said it was a day-to-day thing. Um, that he's working through with the trainers. It's some type of injury he's working through. Would not disclose what the injury is. Doesn't have to right now, so that's fine. Um, But what was interesting was that immediately after saying that, he then offered up the Thomas Graham injury news completely unprompted. No one asked about Thomas Graham. And I don't know if you know these head coaches, but they they are not ones to divulge information willingly or electively. And so to me, I was like, if it it just seemed like a complete effort to distract anyone from asking follow-up questions about Tim and Jenkins. Oh. And, everyone, and so like, that was, that was kind of my 
read into it, whether that was actually the case, I'm not sure, but I think other people kind of picked up on that too. And then that's when it, you know, a few hours later, then you got Mike Garofalo saying, yeah, there's a trademark and teams have been calling about Tevin Jenkins. And like, they're inquiring about like what his, like his value would be, like what they could give up. And if, listen, if the bears are going to do this, if they're going to like get offload Tevin Jenkins, they should do it now while they can get something for him rather than later when they're just going to have to release him for the 90, you know, the down to the 53 man roster cuts. Yeah. So like, I don't know how much of it was like the bears trying to drum up their own trade market for Tevin Jenkins, but like, this is a new staff. They didn't draft him. I mean, you see it all the time that these guys just aren't as attached to the guys that they didn't bring in. So um, if it's not gelling, if there's something internally wrong there, which again, we don't know for sure if there's any friction behind closed doors, but it certainly seems like there's something fishy. And I took it because of the amount of times I've tried to pull yeah. information out of coaches and they do not willingly give it up, especially when they're under no obligation to do so. And to hear Matt Eberflus just go, oh, but by the way, Thomas Graham yeah. is going to be out for a longer period of time with a hamstring. He's got a soft tissue thing. And I'm like, great to know. Thanks for telling us. But yeah. that it was seems- kind of a change of a quick change of subject. Yeah, like when little kids do that, when they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, I, I'm the one who broke that vase. And you're like, wait, why are you telling me this? What is, what, if, what, what worse, what worse thing happened? Yeah, well, you did something else that was wait worse. Wait a than- minute. I appreciate your, your candor here, but you must have done something far worse to try to draw attention away. Uh, but speaking of Tevin Jenkins, um, oh, I'm sorry, hold on. What do we got here? Sorry, what do we, there, uh, oh, Bear Forever 14. What do you say? Uh, what do you say to the guys who are picking the Bears to win four or fewer games? And don't hold back either. Bear Forever 14. Uh, I got to be honest with you. That's some of the stupidest conjecture I've ever seen in my life. First of all, the Bears have the eighth easiest schedule based on where teams finished last year. And I know the NFL switches from year to year. Everybody wants to give the, the Detroit Lions the benefit of the Like, they finished 3-3. Three and three. Like, oh, I'm like, they were 3-14. and 14. What about the first four? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you – why do they get all the credit in the world? By the way, their quarterback is still Jared Goff. Like, that's the thing. I see, like, Kyle Brandt. He was on Good Morning Football today talking about, like, un, like Dan Campbell has this shirt that says unfragile or non-fragile or whatever it was. <laughs> One of his dumb sayings. He's like, that's so great. I want to wear that T-shirt. I'm like, Kyle Brandt, don't you wear that shirt. Like, people are already upset with you for the fact that you were announcing the Bills pick. You want to you announce the Lions pick next year, which is going to be top five? Be my guest. Goff is still their quarterback. I love a lot of what the Lions have. I love DeAndre Swift. I think Jamison Williams is good. Jared Goff is not a good quarterback compared to other, compared to other NFL quarterbacks. Listen, if we were playing an intramural game, if I was back in the day, if I was going to Cal, and it's like, oh, Jared Goff's our intramural quarterback, yeah, I would take him. He's probably better. <laughs> he's probably better than the guy for Sigma Pi, who was uh, the quarterback of Crespi High School or whatever. Okay, fine. Jared Goff's better than that guy, but compared to other NFL quarterbacks, Jared Goff is not better. the The defense is good. Our defense, I should say, is good. Like, we're going to win at least six games. We won six games last year. We're winning at least six. I'm saying nine to ten 
I know we've talked about that. What do you say, Carmen? Sorry. I don't. I don't know how this turned into smashing the lions. Like it's like kicking them when they're when they're down. Um, no, but like, but I think like, do you know how bad of a team you have to be to only win four games? Like yeah. I've been on teams that won five games that were absolutely just unhinged. Like <laughs> as with the Bucks, like it was just like everything was so disjointed, and like there was absolutely no like. Like I, it was no surprise that they, st- and they still won five games. Like they were so dysfunctional and yet still won five games in a very tough division at the time too. Yeah. Um, like that's, that's like when the Panthers were good. That's when the saints were like, just by far and away going to win the division. They were like back to back to back division champions uh, in the NFC South. So it's like, and then like Atlanta still like put up a fight then too, like in those years, that was mm-hmm. one of the, like one of the, the first, one of the years Atlanta went to the Super Bowl. So I'm like, if you can win five games, being part of a stacked division at the time, having very disjointed things going yeah. on behind the scenes, and having a quarterback that is unpredictable at best, like that, like look at the Bears, like you just said, I really love this defense. I, yeah. I'm like, I'm falling more and more in love with it every single, like the more I see it, every single thing I hear, the more I, we get to talk to these guys. Um, and then, like, and that alone will prevent, you know, teams from scoring a ton of points. And so it's not up to the offense to have to do so much. And then you've got Justin Fields, who has an offensive coordinator that's building a system around him. And the system, I'm telling you guys, like, we can't divulge a lot of stuff because we, like, you know, there's all these PR protocols and stuff like that that you can't say yeah. certain things. But let me tell I mean, like, it is exactly what you want it to be. It looks exactly like what you want it to look like. And it plays to Justin's strength or Justin Fields' strengths. And like, it's going to take a little while to figure out, but you get halfway through the season, you get into a rhythm a little bit, your defense is going to keep you in games. Like, I just, I think people are very much underestimating how bad you have to be to win four or less games. Yeah. And I, and I would advise anybody too, that's hearing reports out of camp that Justin missed the throw in the back of the end zone. He missed in kill Harry today. They came back again and they, they, they connected with them. I'm sorry. I, I feel stupid. Bring it. I know you were there and I wasn't, but I'm nope. listen. I'm paying attention. This is I'm, I, I'm glad you are. It's good. Paying attention. I this is I I tell people like it's very similar to when you're golfing, and you know I golf. You know, listen. I'm like I'm happy to break ninety kind of guy. If I shoot in the eighties, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I always tell one of my good friends, Marty, whenever we're playing, I go, you know what? If I hit a shot that like I have a great swing and it's pure and it's like. 10 yards further than I wanted it to be. I'm like, because you know, you're, you're at 89 yards or something like that. Like I'm, I'm not Rory McIlroy. I like, I just get the swing good, get this good. Then eventually it'll work itself out. I think that's the way you got to look at Justin Fields right now in the offense. Like, okay, how's this footwork? The throwing motion's fine. Yeah. You would, you want to connect these passes. And I I'll, I'll see tweets be like, ah, you don't want to leave these, you don't want to leave that many balls on the ground on seven and seven. Like, bro, it's the second day of it's the first day of pads. Right. Calm down. Like, how is this? What what are the mechanics looking like? What are the throws looking like? Is he throwing right. spirals? Is he throwing a Tim Tebow duck? Like, that's the kind of stuff. That's when you can get concerned. But like the the small things of like, now ah, we didn't execute like it was week 10. You're like, okay, well, it's August 2nd. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Let's just let's just calm down, people. And I mean, to, and, and to Justin's credit, too, as soon as that overthrow happened today, I mean, he was uh, like him and Nikhil were right with each other. Like he was they were going over what went wrong, you know, why that happened. All like, I mean, you couldn't tell necessarily from their body language what they were saying, but like it was an, a, an immediate thing where it was like they weren't just letting that go. It was a OK, let's figure out what went wrong. And so it doesn't happen again. And, mm. and I mean, like Justin connected with playing guys. <laughs> seven on seven um when you do have some you know and uh, you have some contest contest contention contesting contesting catches from the dbs the dbs are there the dbs are on these guys and like i was saying in pads they can go pretty full tilt so um it's not like you know he was like missing a guy wide like i mean he was open but there was still other things happening on the field he may not have been getting any pressure in his face but there was still there were still deep defenders on the field. Tom Brady tried to play five downs against the Bears a couple of years ago. So it happens. Things happen. Things happen when you play football. But I want to go back to Tevin Jenkins because we were talking about a potential trade market. I actually, uh, I tweeted this out yesterday. I actually found a pretty good deal for Tevin Jenkins going back to Ryan Pace, the guy who wanted to draft him. You did. Say, hey, just uh, Kyle Pitts for Tevin. Straight up, bro. Like we don't, no, no picks. This is straight up swap. You have your left tackle of the future. You don't need Kyle Pitts right now at this stage of development. Uh, you're going to be wasting his career anyways when you're starting Desmond Ritter. So, by the way, I will tell you this. I'm going to sneak in a fantasy take right now. So I, I apologize. Uh, no, don't. Please don't. If, if you're not drafting Kyle Pitts because Marcus Mariota is the quarterback, uh, that's, a, that's a fool's errand right there. Delaney Walker was one of the best tight ends in fantasy football when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback of the uh, Tennessee Titans. Like he was like Delaney Walker kept finishing in the top five. Like I was thrilled when they, not that you want Matt Ryan to go, but you're like, Oh, if they give Marcus Mariota that gig. Like, Oh my God, Kyle Pitts going to be even better. I have him in a dynasty league. I had a dynasty startup that I did last year. My first pick, it's a super flex. And I know we'll get back to the Bears talk here in a moment. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to be going through my fantasy draft soon, so I'm 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 all I'm all here. I got right you. Now. My first pick in this dynasty startup was Justin Herbert, which I feel great about. Uh, our second quarterback, I think, is Zach Wilson, but whatever. No, we have a better guy. We have a better guy. Um, but my second pick, because everybody was going two quarterbacks, and they all just went off the board, and I'm like, well, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. And everybody was freaking out because Justin, because uh, Justin Jefferson went right in front of him, and I'm like, "Oh, Kyle Pitts! Like, I'm gonna lock up a tight end in a dynasty league forever. Like, I feel good about that. So, feel comfortable drafting Kyle Pitts. And by the way, if you're ever here on a Tuesday night, or even on, and we're gonna start putting more fantasy into our Thursday shows as well, or the shows that you can see on AM fifteen thirty, WCKG, uh, we'll be we'll be hitting some more fantasy talk." Uh, throughout the uh, throughout the day, but just wanted to let just wanted to sneak that in. Listen, I appreciate that because yeah, that might be my sneaky. Like in a regular PPR league, are you saying that I should go after Kyle Pitts first? I got. Are you going to go so far as to say that? No, no, no. I got him. Like he was uh, he was around in the fourth round of a half point PPR draft I just did the other night, which I don't think is is. I think somebody will end up drafting him in the third round, but I feel really good about taking a, a quality running back right off the top, if yeah. you're one of the first four or five picks. Or, you know what? If you could combine Justin Jefferson 
another wide receiver. I actually, I don't mind going Justin Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, and then coming back with like Allen Robinson. Might still be too early for Allen Robinson, but if you've seen him over the last couple of days, he's looked incredible. And I think he's going to be ready to, to play some football this season. I, I think so too. I think he's going to do well in Los Angeles as much as that pains me to say. Um, but he's, our, okay. he's still our friend. We don't, he he's can still, go. That's be, true. We still want him to do well. Wasn't, it wasn't his fault. Like we don't, we don't blame him. No, for it wasn't. Week. You're right. It was not his fault. Uh, no, I like, I really like Hobbits, especially because you can slot him in as a tight end and he's going to give you receiver numbers. So, yeah. um, and also it's easy for, even if it is Desmond Ritter that starts, like he's a big target, big targets are easier oh, yeah. to hit. Like it's as simple as that. Like big targets are easier to hit. hundred percent. And it's crazy too. Like his catch radius is insane. Bringing it, bringing it back to the bears. Like Kyle Pitts did not break Mike Dicka's single season record for receiving yards for a tight end last year. Now Kyle Pitts got over a thousand yards, only the second tight end and the second rookie tight end to ever do that. Dicka was the first and only until last year playing in a 14 game season. In the NFL in the 60s. How does that happen? I want to go back. I want to go back, but I'm at Hallis Hall tomorrow. I'm gonna say, pull me the tape from Dicka's rookie year. I want to see what was going on. Because no other tight end ever. Like we're talking about Kelsey, we're talking about Tony Gonzalez, Kellen Winslow, like all these guys. Nobody's ever done this. Yeah. And yet Dicka did it, and it it's a record that's still and I was rooting against Kyle Pitts breaking that record last year, too, because I'm a jerk. Like, ah, let's have Ditka have at least one more record. You can go see the Coach Ditka uh, bobblehead in in the PNC Center in Hallis Hall. There's a giant bobblehead of Coach Ditka. I'm doing it all. Like, all of us. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Uh, You'll see it. It'll be all over my Instagram tomorrow. But let's uh, let's see. I'm sure there's questions that people have. Sorry. I'm sorry to get to the fantasy talk and some other Bears stuff. But... We have a question. What do you think a successful day for the offense versus the defense? Uh, what do you think is a successful day for the offense versus the defense? Who's having, having a success? A- yeah, how do you do that? How how do you how do you how quantify do you- that? Yeah, I mean, it's very apparent when the offense is in a rhythm and you you don't see like I, like I said, the false starts um, were definitely an issue. I mean, the false starts were even an issue in one on ones. When I like to be honest, when I was watching the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen, like that happened in those drills. So like that's really hard and then again like with all of the rotation that's happening like there's just no rhythm there and so you get the drop passes you get the missed reads you get all of that kind of stuff um it's a little bit harder to tell exactly because though in practice too like you're not allowed to hit the quarterback no one is allowed to hit the quarterback um so the guys on the line the pass rushers they can get close and then you have to be able to see that that would have been a sack but they usually let the play continue anyway. And so that's what kind of makes it hard for like the defense, especially to figure out if it was an actually good day, because they could have three, four, five sacks, but obviously they can't touch the quarterback. So it's hard to see those things. Um, The reason I think though, that the bears you're seeing people say that the bears defense has been so dominant in these first, you know, couple of what six practices now um, it's just because they're getting their hands on balls. And that is again, what, Iberplus preaches constantly swarm the ball, get your hands on a ball. And that is what is happening. Even when they weren't in pads, you see these defensive backs getting in front of receivers and batting down balls and preventing plays from happening, um, getting interceptions, turning that stuff into interceptions, swarming to the ball, all of those good things. 
And so that's really easy to see and, and that stands out. So um, when it relates specifically to the Bears, I mean, we can go through like general parameters of how it looks good, but the reason it's looking so good for the Bears defense really is the secondary and the fact that they are just, again, preventing plays from happening, preventing passes from getting completed um, and playing really, really physical. I mean, these are they're up on these guys. Um, as soon as they're allowed to, you know, pass the five yards, they're up on their receivers and stuff like that. And they just, they seem to have a flow. The offense does not yet, but that's also okay. There's a ton of new pieces. It's an entirely new offense. It's very different offense. So even for the guys that were there before, and again, I can't stress enough how much of an effect that offensive line shuffling and rotation is having on the rest of the offense. Yeah, that's always going to be a big deal. And it seems too, you know, and this is, you know, obviously, again, I'm, I'm going to get my first look at this tomorrow up close and personal. But, you know, Eberflus comes in and he preaches all the hits, the loafs, the, the acronyms that he's got going on. He's got a lot of energy. I know that, you know, somebody was talking about how he had a lot of like he's still a pretty intense coach, but he's dialed back a little bit from when he was just the defensive. That was Al-Kadeem Muhammad talked about that. Yeah. He was asked what the difference is between Eberflus, the defensive coordinator, and the head coach. And he actually said Eberflus is more relaxed as a head coach, which is wild. But it's because – but he, sit back, he sits back and observes, and he's like, he's always watching you. And I was like, cue the 80s song right now. <laughs> always feel like um, – but he's – yeah, he's much more kind of like back observing yeah. everything now. But before, apparently, he would really get on guys, especially if it was a lack of effort. Like, that was the number one way to piss them off. Yeah. I think, well, I think that's been something that they've stressed ever since this regime took over is that you have to love football. And I think that goes back to they're like, why people are questioning what's happening with Tevin Jenkins is that everybody knows that the number one, or probably, yeah, probably the number one mantra of Ryan Pace and, and Matt Eber, Ryan Poles. Gosh, I got I to stop. I got to stop doing that. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus is that they need guys who love to play football. And if you don't love to play it, it's very apparent. Like there's, you know, you know, you can see it. Like you, you stand out. I mean, you, you go back to anybody who played high school level, even, you know, you knew the kids who were like, these guys don't care as much as I did or anything like that. So I think it's great. And I, I know that people sometimes question the, the hokiness of, you know, things like the acronyms or whatever, and like, oh, this stuff's going to wear off real thick. But I, I never get that impression. I think that, you know, if it wears off, then you're going to end up not having a job. Like, what do you do you think that these guys are really buying into that? I Well, actually, I have someone who has told me they are buying into it in the form mm -hmm. of their special teams uh, assistant. His name is Carlos Polk. We were actually together in the, Buc in the Bucks organization under Dirk Cutter. Carlos was the special teams assistant there, too. And I caught up with him after practice today and I was asking him how things were going. You know, he was in Jacksonville last year, so things are going <laughs> a lot better for him. Yeah. Um, but he was saying how much these players are going to love playing for Eberflus. He was with Eberflus in Dallas when Eberflus was, I believe, the, he was either one of the second secondary coach or the linebackers yeah. coach. Um, and he, they were there together and he's just like, he loves football. He is so easy to play for. He is so intense. He runs just like, like practices are just so, he kept saying the word intense. And I was like, this is great. And this is that's what the players were saying too. And I'm like, okay, we're all on the same page here. But he was just stressing how much 
these players are going to love playing for a guy like Matt Eberflus. Um, so I think that they are fully bought in. And again, like they can see the fact that yes, the offense is changing and it's molding to the players it has and the defense is stressing. It, it has its own strengths. And, and like, I think everyone is just really buying into it and it practices seem fun. I mean, there's music going and like these guys just seem like they're having a lot more fun and they like coming to work and that permeates through the staff too, according to Carlos. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, you love for everybody to be on board. And by the way, if you're enjoying this, if you're enjoying this show, uh, be sure to use the uh, use the comment function. Comment the word "sick" to let us know that you're enjoying the conversation. You're enjoying the, the comment show. I love function. The comment function. I don't know. Adam. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Such an old man. Uh, do we have another question though, Sammy? Save me. Uh, who's been the biggest surprise in camp so far? I've got an idea, but has there been somebody who's not, first of all, to you or just somebody that people are talking about, like, oh, I'm kind of surprised he's this good. Um, I think, I mean, I touched on Kyler Gordon earlier, and I think that seeing him in the slot as a slot corner was a little bit surprising just to see that happen so quickly um, and to see him pick it up and still be making plays uh, in that position. And um, again, like, I know, like I saw it today, like Travis Gibson, he just looks, he looks really good. And he's, they're lining him up Poor all guy. over the defensive front. He's inside, he's outside. Um, uh, both, a lot of coaches actually, so Matt Eberflus was asked about the rookie Dominique Robinson, defensive mm -hmm. lineman, and uh, he said that he intrigues the defensive staff, which was an interesting comment. And then today, special teams coordinator Richard Hightower was asked um, if he like about Dominique Robinson too. And he said, yeah, he's got some, like he's been picking up the scheme really well on our phase of the ball and he could be some help on teams too. So it seems like that rookie, like he might be kind of a rookie to keep an eye on just because he might be, you know, doing some good things, the field goal blocking unit. And then, I mean, to be intriguing as a rookie is, is always, I would think a good thing. No, you always want that. And I know a lot of people looked at a lot of the, you know, the draft equity that Ryan Poles was able to acquire using getting a lot of fifth, sixth round picks. Some of these guys are starting to look pretty good. Obviously, Braxton Jones being one of them looking to, you know, possibly start at left tackle. Dominic Robinson, another fifth rounder who could come in and, and play a huge role for this team. So I think that I'm really pleasantly surprised with the value that they were getting with a lot of these yeah. picks. And, okay, listen, they're not going to probably come out and be superstars or they don't have to be, but if they're quality contributors to the NFL, to the, to the team and playing at a, at a, you know, at an NFL level, like that's all you can really ask for. Of course, selfishly, I've noticed a lot of people starting to praise Valus Jones Jr. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, not, not to the point where I'm going to be jealous or anything like that. Like I watched over the weekend. I, again, I was sitting there in Cincinnati on Saturday, right before my hit, uh, Tom Pelissaro and I were sitting there waiting, watching a taped interview with Kimmy Chex and Kyle Brandt talking about how they were, how they were somehow driving the hype train for Darnell Mooney. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. The two of you for bringing Darnell Mooney to our attention. And then I just sat there. I sat back. Because I said, you know what? That's fine. Like, if everybody wants to be, like, whatever, everybody's here to see the headlining band. I'm here to see the middle act, which is Bayless yeah. Jones Jr. And we talked about it, you know, and, and Courtney was on last week, and we were talking about this. And before the show started, you know, our producer was asking about it, like, hey, who's the fastest guy on the team? And you're like, you got to be kidding me. It's, it's Bayless. Like, he's 
he's a four three one. Like this guy's yeah. incredible. I think we're starting to see him make some plays. I saw some videos over the weekend, mm -hmm. and it seems like guys got a little bit of a buzz. What was that? What was the scuttlebutt over the last couple of days? Yeah, no, absolutely. You can see his speed, and he like takes off down the sideline. But actually, I saw him like in the red zone today. Uh, he kind of he grabbed a kind of toe tapping outside corner of the end zone type ball from Justin Fields, who was on the run, uh, hit Bayless Jones. I mean, it wasn't Justin Fields. It could have been. It could have been either Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman. It might have been one of the backups because he was rotating in with the twos um as well Bayless Jones was but regardless it was like right in front of me it was in the corner of the end zone toe tapping grabbed the ball fell out of bounds not before he established that he was in bounds it was impressive and it was a contested yeah. catch so not yeah. only can he like, like go down the sideline he can get those tough catches in traffic in that in the red zone which is going to be you're going to need like guys that can do that because I, I saw a lot of that out of actually the tight ends too Ryan Griffin has had some Awesome. That's what there was. Uh, uh, Clay Harbor was talking about it. Clay Harbor was there today and he was talking about him and, o and uh, O'Shaughnessy. Both of them played very well today, which is not a surprise. Yeah. Those guys are they're they're good tight ends. I know them obviously from doing that helps no one that they randomly score touchdowns, which are annoying. But like you, you score because you're good. Like they're they're good players. I, I think yeah. that both of them, you know, they're not going to come out and be Travis Kelsey, but yeah. But the, the the Bears run like from what we've seen like multiple um, or two two tight end sets like yeah kind of like I see I saw quite a bit of that and you saw Cole Komet and Ryan Griffin um, out there together and they both were making really good catches like really tough good catches and providing really big targets for Justin Fields uh, to latch onto and so I mean like at one point Ryan Griffin literally wrestled a ball away from the defender yeah. so. Like these DBs aren't the only ones getting physical. Apparently, the tight ends are too. <laughs> no, they're 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 doing great. And according to Next Gen Stacks, uh, the Packers use twelve personnel, which is two tight ends, on thirty on just over thirty percent of their offensive plays in twenty twenty one. That was the second most of the NFL behind Miami, who used twelve personnel sixty two percent of the time last year. Uh, the Bears used twelve percent on twenty two percent of their offensive plays in twenty twenty one. That was about middle of the pack. So I expect them though to go back and uh, be closer to where the – probably not to the extent of the Dolphins last year, sure. but to be sure. very, very similar. I mean, that that's the kind of things I think that is, is mindful to pay attention to. It's like, sure. okay, like Aaron Rodgers is obviously a different quarterback at the stages of their career, but if Luke Getze likes to run 12 personnel, then that's significant, and it's good that we have guys like Ryan Griffin and O'Shaughnessy who have proven they could play at the NFL level. Yeah, and I love the, the the mismatches that tight ends can create if you do have those kind of well-rounded Y tight ends, which is what they're trying to morph both of these guys into, especially Cole Komet. And Cole Komet, I mean, his hands look more natural than ever. I feel like he looks so good in the receiving game now. I mean, I don't have a ton to compare it to. I didn't see him at practice last year. Um, but, you know, he his bread and butter at Notre Dame was blocking. And so he's come a long way in becoming that complete tight end. And Ryan Griffin talked about him saying like, he's going to be a really, really good tight end in this league. And Ryan Griffin also told us that just in this offense in general, that tight ends are responsible for doing a lot of things and they are very involved in this offense. So again, it's just, it's so easy when you can have insert these players that can be an extension of the offensive line, or they can like split out into routes. Like I'm not, I'm not saying they're going wide and, you know, 
getting vertical all the time, but especially those underneath kind of intermediate routes that just presents so many mismatches for those big targets. And that's has to be really good for Justin Fields because that's a very comfortable thing to know that you have reliable big targets that you can go to. Um, and I just, I, I, yeah, I saw a lot out of these tight ends that I really liked. Yeah. And, you know, and it goes back, you know, a lot of this ties back to the Shanahan coaching tree and we know it has happened in San Francisco and not that any of these guys are George Kittle, but they've used a number of different tight ends in San Francisco and even the Rams too. When they had Gerald Everett and um, the other guy, Tyler Higby, you know, they have an, an ability to use those guys too. So I think it's very encouraging to see that the tight ends are playing so well thus far. All right, Sammy, how about another question? I know that we've, we've, uh, I wonder if <laughs> the mock, all right, listen, oh I understand. Okay. Listen, I understand there's a chat going on. There's comments. There's all sorts of things we're trying. I know there's, I know there's a lions fan that pops in that everybody's trying to get banned. Really? Like, I, we don't, like, I don't get to see any of this. So I don't, <laughs> sometimes you don't want to live in the comments. Sometimes you're just like, you know what? Like you gotta let some of those things go. It's kind of like when you're on Twitter too, like why oh, yeah. do people have so much, like people have too much access to you. Like back in the day, and I don't, I might have said this on the show, like back in the day, like the insanity of sports fans. There he, there's there a Don. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Uh, you, come on. Man, he's garbage. Uh, the real St. Brown is out. Stop it. Equinemius St. Brown apparently has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, has been playing pretty well. I Again, like there's, there's a lot of guys. Amon Ross St. Brown, both of these guys played – high school football in Orange County. So I'm familiar with both of them. One of them went, although I forget which one, with Equinemius went to Servite and Amon Ross St. Brown went to Modern Day. I think that's, I have correct. But that's a good family. Like, they're good. Look, I'm not going to sit, listen, I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Great. I like that. I like uh, Jerome Williams. I like uh, uh, DeAndre Swift. Uh, your quarterback sucks, though. I don't know how to, I don't know how else to put it. I don't, I don't feel like I, I need to to hide this from you. Like, yeah, you have I will say the Lions. The Lions also have uh, Antoine Randall as their receivers coach. Who so, I love. Uh, we love. We, we are love. big, big Antoine fans over here. Rand, big Randall fans. Do you know that he's from Riverdale? And years ago, when he was a rookie, I asked him. I said, "Hey, uh, Riverdale, are you are you Betty or Veronica?" And he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I'm like, "Riverdale." He's not gonna... <laughs> like you never. Well, now it's uh, now it's a series. I want to know now. Like, have you heard of Riverdale now? Like, I walked by a Hot Topic the other day, and they have a bunch of Riverdale merch. If he didn't know Riverdale from the original comics, he was not going to know it from the. He's, he's from the so CW. The CW. It's a it's a it's a viable show. I don't know. He's he's very he's a very he but he loves being from Chicago. Too. Like he he reps Chicago all of the yeah. time. Uh, actually, for Christmas one year, when he was with the Bucks, he got me a Portillo's gift card. Oh my God! What a guy! Really sweet of him. What yeah. a guy! Just so sweet. He's a night now. He's a good dude. I liked him. Uh, you know, Indiana. I had a. I don't know where it is. I had a, a Antoine Randall mouse pad from years ago when I was an intern with the NFL. I got sent one from the University of Indiana because <laughs> they're they're pumping them up. I got to go find that. I know that I didn't get rid of it. Oh no, I replaced it with a Jake Plummer one eventually. But listen. Oh, from my other school. 
Yeah. But not that Indiana is my school, but from, yeah. Yeah, ASU. ASU. I know. Listen, I'm, I'm a sun devil. Like, don't worry about it. I sort of. But in any event, how about another question from the comment section? Throw that up when there's a lit comment section. I know there's a lit comment section. Well, Eddie Jackson rise once again. Yeah, this is one of the things I heard today. Like, it sounds like Eddie Jackson's been playing very well. Mm-hmm. What did you see out of him over the last two days? Again, like he's leading the charge as far as like the physicality goes. I think he's he's settling into this and he's buying into this defensive system. Well, he knows that he's the vet in that secondary. And he is going to he's he's leading the way. I mean, there there's not enough that you can say about Eddie Jackson. Um, and then also like the flexibility that Jaquan Brisker brings um, between, you know, Jaquan Brisker can play all over. So he can he can be the free safety. He can come down in the box. He can do whatever. And that kind of lets Eddie Jackson, I think, play a little bit more freely as well. So I think those two are going to be a really good tandem. Um, and yeah, he's like he just seems completely bought in. He's really physical. He's making plays. Uh, he's covering receivers down the sideline too. So like, yeah, I think he'll return to form and you'll see a really good year out of Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I think he get, loves the system. If they get Eddie Jackson to be like the Eddie Jackson before he got injured in the Packers game in 2018, then I think that we're going to be on to something special. So I'm excited to see. Again, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this up close and personal tomorrow. I'm also looking forward to another question, Sammy, from the live comment section. From the function uh biggest disappointment other than tevin jenkins by the way today was the major league baseball trade deadline and i will say this from an angel's perspective of like watching a prospect like joe adele two years ago would have fetched like such a commanding like return in a trade and now they couldn't even give him away like they had to trade their other disappointing guy today so it's it's, it feels like they got to move. Like if Tevin Jenkins, there is really a problem. They got to trade Tevin Jenkins immediately. But to me, obviously, that is uh, – so that right now is a little bit of a disappointment. Has there been anything else? I, I, I guess maybe Roquan not signing a contract yet, but is there anything else that I'm missing? What else has been disappointing? Yeah, I'm, I'm really not even worried about Roquan, though. Like I just I, I just – I guess I just have faith that it's going to get done and like because he's, he's still very present in the building from what, from everything his teammates and his coaches have said, um, he's in the meetings, he's very present. He's still helping the guys behind the scenes. He's not practicing, but um, other than that, he's still very much, it's still very much a hold in, like he's still around. Um, So I'm just, I guess I just, I take that to mean like it's going to get done and I'm just not worried. I mean, again, him not having representation, I think is probably like delaying this process a little bit just because I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know the first thing about representing myself um, in these kinds of contract talks. And I'm sure he does. And I'm sure he knows what he's doing, but I have to imagine that like agents can kind of speed these processes along. And I don't know that maybe there, maybe that's why Um, that being said, I'm trying to think like, there's no player that I'm like expecting to be good that I haven't seen anything out of like, I'm, I'm disappointed that Lucas Patrick got hurt. Right. So that counts as a disappointment because I think that that would have gone a long way in determining, like, in, in quickly determining who your starting five were on the offensive line. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that he's not out there to, to anchor that and, and to kind of, because he's the one with the most experience. He's the one that, you know, other than Cody Whitehair, but like, I don't know. I think we're just, I was looking forward to having at least that locked up because we like the whole time it was like, all right, the offensive line is totally in flux, but like, you know, Lucas Patrick is going to be the center. Yeah. You no, know Cody Whitehair is going to be a guard. Like you knew those things. And now 
you know, not that Sam Mustafer is doing a bad job. He's, you know, he's, he's going, getting back in there and getting back in the swing of things and he likes competing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's it. That's a little disappointing for me. Yeah. I guess the injuries, that's, that's probably the big thing. Like him and Thomas Graham, of course, not being yes. able to participate this far, but you know what? Everybody's got injuries. Everybody's dealing with certain situations like that. He's so he can't Denver. Got two ACLs in Denver. Awful. Just an awful situation, uh, the way that's turned out. So we should count our blessings that hopefully both those players will be back sometime in the near in the near future. What about another question, Sammy? You'll be at camp tomorrow. Yes, obviously. I'm going to be at camp tomorrow, so don't be afraid to come up and say hello. Uh, not while I'm doing a hit with Stacey Dales, though. Kind of be cool about that. But we're hopeful. <laughs> we're hopeful that we're going to get Matt Eberflus on. Like that's one of the asks. We're going to get one of the players. They've already done Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney. So we're hopeful that somebody like David Montgomery will be made available or perhaps. Uh, he had a good day. He had a day. What a, that's the one thing. Like, that's been kind of quiet. Like, David Montgomery yeah. coming into his contract year, a lot of speculation on whether he'll return or not. How's it I been? think it's just because it's expected. Like, he had a good season last year. Like, you know that, like, the running game is, is solid with him and, and Khalil Herbert. Um, and despite the fact that, yeah, the offensive line is in this rotation, when the pads came on, like, then you can actually kind of get an idea for the running lanes and, and because running backs are allowed to be tackled at this point. And he still, he had a great day. He had a couple of really good runs. So I think it's just, you don't hear about it though. Cause like, again, it's, you know, David Montgomery's good. He's solid. We got it. He, we already know that he's good. It's like, I don't need to come up and say how great Portillo's was today. Like you already know that like, there's, there's no secret there. Of course it was amazing. All right. How about another question, Sam? Who do you think will win the third cornerback spot? Yeah, we're talking about Jalen Johnson. We're talking about, uh, obviously, Kyler Gordon. Who seems to be the guy that they're going to with that third spot? Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I really thought that it was going to be Kyler Gordon. Um, and I think that the Bears even thought that it was going to be Kyler Gordon. And um, from what we've seen, it's been um, – I'm trying to – like, I, I have all these numbers in my notes. And I don't have the roster on <laughs> Yeah. So we have like so, Jalen. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking through my notes right now. Um, it's are been, they are they like Kindle has been? It's Kindle been getting a lot yeah, of Kindle, Kindle Valor has been in there again. Like it's still like those corner rotations. It's just it's a constant rotation too. So you really can't tell. Kindle Valor has gotten um, a lot of like significant work. Um, Duke Shelley. Yeah, you've got you've got. You, I think Kendall Valor is probably going to surprise some people and end up in that. In that yeah, that's spot. what. Um, listen, I got again listening to fifteen thirty earlier today. That that felt like that's who they were talking about uh, a yeah. little bit. The Kendall Valor, yeah. uh, especially now that you know Thomas Graham is going to be out for an extended period of time. I mean, I think that was obviously his spot so to lose. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I want to see Thomas Graham out there. I thought that he was one of the great uh, draft picks that Ryan Pace. You know, come he came through with a couple of late round picks. I mean, he can't can't disregard some of the guys like obviously Darnell Mooney, even David Montgomery. But you know, you start thinking back to of guys that he moved up for. And you're like, oh, right. like, if we end up having to trade Tevin Jenkins, you're like, God, we had to trade up. And I I will say this though, that's, that's um, not on this regime, right? That's not on this it's, regime. It's, it's not on this regime. And I know that I was listen. I was excited as anybody. I will completely own that. I, I thought he was a great prospect coming out of Oklahoma State. A lot, a lot of people did. I, I stood by that evaluation. 
uh, probably longer than two. I, although I'm always the last one out, it always feels like. I was the last one out on Cutler. I was the last one out on Nagy. I'm there with Kevin Jenkins, even though I was poking fun at him. Uh, I was sort of out on Mitch Trubisky, you know, early on. By the way, can we pull up? Let's talk about this because uh, this was interesting. I know you quote me to this. Mitch Trubisky was talking about yep. this. The difference between what was going on with Josh Allen in Buffalo, what his experience was like in Chicago. And I know, like, you know, a lot of people are talking about this today. And the, the quote is like, oh, Josh was able to go out to play. I had to go fit into the coach's system. I think a lot of people agree with that. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, we have this highly athletic quarterback who not a great pocket passer. He's going to have to win on his athleticism. They didn't lean into that enough. I, I have no problem with, with Mitch saying this at all. I mean, it's like I, what I quote tweeted was that there are two kinds of coaches in this league. This is, this is a thing. Like there are the coaches that fit players into the system that's already established. That's been their system, no matter where they are, that's their system. And these players are going to fit into it. And then there are coaches that fit the system to the players they have. And more and more in today's NFL, I'll give you one guess as to which one of those is the more successful one. <laughs> and it's what the Bears have currently and perhaps not what the Bears had previously when Mitch was here. So I, I, see what, I see what you're getting at. You know, there was also, you know, I'm curious about this too, because, you know, there was speculation. And I don't know how true this is, but people are like, oh, Tom Brady had interest in being you know, the quarterback of the Bears when he was looking for a new team after leaving New England. Do you think, like, we all love Nick Foles for being the guy who just openly sort of questioned and clowned Matt Nagy. And, and I'm, not, I'm not even saying that Tom Brady was close to being here or anything like that. But, like, for, it's a, for instance, if Tom Brady would have arrived and would have been the quarterback, like, he would have totally disregarded everything Nagy said, right? And just been like, yeah, I'm not listening to you. I'm doing my own thing, right? Absolutely. Like that I mean, like, been... Just yes, because just in general, like even when like as good of his as a relationship as he had with Bruce, because make no mistake, him and Bruce Arians had a great relationship when Bruce was the head coach in Tampa. Um, there was no truth to the whole red tape stuff. It was dumb. Um, Stop, really? I want to believe really. that to be true. Adam, Bruce didn't even have a whiteboard in his freaking office. Okay, <laughs> like. Bruce was not taking a red tape thing to the whole game plan the night before. If anybody was doing that, it was Tom because Tom was like that prepared that he's watching film up until the night before and he's changing shit, but I'm stuff. Sorry. Um, but he like also because he didn't have a full grasp on the offense because, Oh, it was his, his the first new offensive system in 20 years. This guy was playing real live Madden. Yeah. And he was like, I mean, like he wasn't even calling audibles. He was going to Mike Evans being like, Hey Mike, go run a nine now. I know you're supposed to run a seven, yeah. go run the nine after seeing the coverage. It's like he was changing individual things in plays in real time because he didn't have a grasp of the system for the first half of the season. So like he will absolutely make his own way for what he sees and he can do it. And so I just think that like, if he was, if he drastically disagreed with a coach's system and didn't fit into that system, Although I yeah. guess he would have fit into that system being the pocket passer that he is. But regardless, he would have taken things upon him himself because no one studies more than Tom. Also, Tom's, again, been in the league for over two decades. There's right. nothing he hasn't seen. So, yeah, it was it was very interesting, though. I mean, God, yeah, that whole – like, when I tell you I 
still can't believe that the Bucs won the Super Bowl that year just because of like all of the like all the things that were against them and just how crazy it was. Like it, I just I still can't believe they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, it was still pretty um, remarkable. It turns out Tom Brady's pretty good. I know a lot of out. I know a lot of Packer fans want to sit there and be like, God, wins aren't quarterback stats. Like, okay. You keep telling yourselves that. I know. I, I just to make just to make excuse because they just want to make excuses for their quarterback. Be like, oh, there's you know, just because we had a Hall of Fame quarterback for 30 plus years doesn't mean that two two Super Bowls should be viewed as a disappointment. Actually, it should be. But that's just me. Uh, what about you know what? I know we're we're running out of time, but let's go one more question. Because I'm in Chicago. Uh, what will ooh, Kyler? Ooh, what that was, is a really great question. You know about Kyler Gordon's dance background? Oh yes. my God! Yeah, we saw some of the moves. Like that was uh, making the rounds on social media the other day. He was uh was a performing artist, and uh, oh, I I I can only fathom what it's going to look like. What a performing artist! You're just on a roll. I love it. What um, is that? Nothing. No, you're per- right. He's a performance art. Like, what do you want from me? What do you want? What was that um, wrong? Too? No, no, it's fine. It was just funny. Um, no, as someone with a dance background, that's what I did. Um, I didn't play contact sports growing up. I was a dancer and I was so appreciative of seeing that um, from, because it does, it, it's so like, I don't think dance gets enough credit for how athletic it is, but then to yeah. see that Kyler Gordon was, is so proud of it to this day, but it does, it just teaches you so many, like your, your body awareness is just on 10 because it has to be like every little muscle and movement and everything like that. Um, but that being said, I don't know, like, I, like, will he go into just like some interpretive dance in the end zone? Because I would love to see that. Like, give me some modern dance. I want some, I want some fuetes. I want some like, you know, just pirouettes constantly. Like, oh, that's what I want. I want to, I want fuetes. Uh, or jeté, uh, plié, all that stuff. <laughs> all of it. You know what? Listen, that's the thing too. There was a, um, a very famous hall of famer from the seventies who was, uh, ballerina, like did ballet. Like I always thought like, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty gnarly sport. You know, I, I, for lack of a better term, like it is, you have to be so athletic to do it. The people try to clown on it. They're like, no, no, no. You got to be way yeah, more like you've, athletic. You've never stepped foot in a ballet class if you try and come. <laughs> yeah. Go try to get like, listen, I've been to enough clubs in my life to see a bunch of uh, enough uncoordinated people. Do not be making fun of somebody who can actually go out there and dance in a performative art situation by the way sammy is there another question by the way i want to make sure i'm not short changing anybody with a live com- comment section and of course can the bears win the nfc north listen berlissimo was the one who brought this up last week and it bears repeating and it's is it likely i don't know but you know it's some things go wrong but at the same time i i, I think that a realistic expectation for the Bears, if you want to be the optimistic sort like me, is uh, if you're you're looking at what the Eagles did last year, where they really leaned into helping their quarterback with the with a strong running game, the defense played pretty well, and the NFC can be a little bit of a dumpster fire. Like I, there's a lot of What's unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns in the NFC. I think we have our we have the Rams, we have the Bucks as a top tier. And then below that, we've got the 49ers, who even though they went to the NFC Championship game last year, are still tra- uh, starting Trey Lance. You got the Tampa, uh, you got the uh, Green Bay Packers. So you got those four teams. And then the Eagles, you expect, you know, they're kind of probably in that tier as well. And then you got the Cowboys. 
Cowboys people like, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, I don't they've know got no know. one for Dak to throw to. I'm a little bit unsold on the Cowboys. I like. Oh, I'm Lamb. totally unsold on the Cowboys. I like Ceedee Lamb, but I want to see him be the main guy. And he's going much- to be the main guy because they literally have no one else. He's the only one in that receiver room that has scored an NFL touchdown now, with James Washington getting hurt. Yeah, he got it's hurt. Wild. Michael Gallup's going to be out for a significant time. James Washington is now out. You got, yeah, it's essentially like CeeDee Lamb is the only one in that receiver room that has scored an NFL touchdown. You know, they're going to have to rely on Blake Jarwin, Tony Pollard, and of course, Ezekiel Elliott. So there's and some Dalton room. Schultz. And Dalton Schultz. What did I say? Blake Jarwin. Dalton Schultz is, of course, the guy that I meant to say. I'm still back. I was, I was looking back at like fantasy stuff from last year, and I forgot how excited everybody was for, for Blake Jarwin. Like it was Blake Jarwin season. And of course he gets hurt immediately and Dalton Schultz takes over. And but, he had, hey, he tied for the team lead in touchdowns. Great. Touchdowns yeah. Great season. So in any event, uh, so yeah, I think the bears, they're probably not going to win. I don't like the 4% thing. Like they got a 4% yet. Like shut up. Like that's, that's ridiculous. But is that know, what the odds make? The odds are the odds. That's, are? I don't know. Somebody, I don't know. Maybe it was Mike Clay again. It was like, ah, you know, I, like the 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 Packers are about a ninety percent probability. The Bears are about a four. You're like, okay, like stop it. Like the Lions get a sixteen percent, and we get a four. Like you guys have to have to be serious. Oh my gosh! And I'm gonna go off on the Lions again, and I don't mean to. I don't <laughs> no, this is like a trash. All line. right, I don't know. I don't mean I don't mean to trash the Lions, but in any event, um, I think we found a convenient place to stop. But thanks to everybody who was uh, joined. Oh, what what's going on? Did uh, you like? Oh my gosh! Of course, that's what. Listen, I'm gonna be his good luck charm. I'm gonna see him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a warm embrace with him tomorrow. Uh, we're we're boys. Like that's. I'm. I know that if if Kimmy checks and Kyle Brand at some point in week four come out like, yeah, we love Bayless Jones. That's that's where I'm gonna throw the gauntlet down and be like, we're not allowing this. I've been on here since day one. I was on uh, Tape Never Lies Network when he was drafted. And I was, uh, I made, I did make the joke about how he's going to be able to rent a car, which is huge. Seriously. But, but I was on board because I remembered him from USC. And I'm like, oh, he would be an immediate contributor on special teams for just about anybody. For the Bears, he's going to be counted upon to be one of their top receivers. So I'm excited for it, but I think it'll be good. And uh, by the way, remind everybody, Carmen, where they can find you on social media. What's going on with the Draft Network? What do you got coming out? Uh, Carmi V, C-A-R-M-I-E-V is my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. You can check all that kind of stuff out there. I will, I've been at Bears Camp, so I've been doing a lot of Bears coverage. Next week, I will be at Buccaneers Camp, so there will be some of that. I'm very excited about it. Yes. So um, you'll get to see all of the, uh, all of the Tom Brady stuff. So, oh, Gary. Oh, thanks, Gary. Yeah, this has been a fun pairing. So, uh, hopefully, and by the way, we're still waiting. Hopefully, uh, you know, one of us is going to get credentialed for tomorrow. I hope uh, I'm in. I hope you, I hope, listen, I'll, I'll call Aaron. I'll call Aaron right now. Be like, you got to get oh, Carmen in there. Aaron's, Aaron's the best. Aaron's, Aaron's the best. Like, Aaron, settle this. Like, get her in. But hopefully, uh, well, hopefully, I'll see you tomorrow. At a Bears camp, and they are not practicing on Thursday. Right, they've got an off day Thursday, but then they go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, which is terrible for me. I I took a late flight on Thursday, thinking there was going to be a practice, and I'm like, oh, 
I'm just going to sit here, get caught in a thunderstorm, end up not getting back. I might, who knows? I might be at practice on Friday if, I, <laughs> if everything gets pushed back. But I uh, want to thank you. Uh, thanks for being here again. And by the way, for anybody who's not aware, Carmen's a regular on Tuesday night. So thankfully, Gary liked the combo because you're going to see it every week. So be prepared for you're it. You're stuck with me. <laughs> yes. But it's been a lot of fun so far. And I uh, hope they see you tomorrow at training camp. By the way, anybody who's watching, if you see me tomorrow, you know, come up and say hello, take a photo, do all that stuff. It's going to be a good time. So I'm looking forward to getting out there and seeing everybody. Thanks for being here. And then, thanks, uh, yeah, thanks, Carmen. And we'll see everybody else on Thursday or Friday at w, uh, WCKG AM 1530. Until then, bear down. Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.